I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? It's going quite well, Ellen. Awesome. Today we are chatting about A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay. I finished the Riley Thorne book. Riley Thorne, A Blast from the Past. And The Blast from the Past, I think is what it is. And um, it was delightful. It's a Riley Thorne. Yeah, I love those books. It was fun. It was funny. There was a party where the punch was spiked with Viagra. Viagra. So there was just horny <laughs> men everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> they had to lock them in a closet so they could get any crap done. <laughs> no, it was very entertaining. Um, uh, yeah, I love those books. And then I read this. And okay. watching... Nothing. Um, I really don't think we've had the TV on hardly at all this week. I told mom that the only thing that I've done this week is the occasional swim, um, set up my classroom, which, I mean, if you're not following me on Facebook or Instagram and you didn't see how cute my classroom is, then you're really missing out. (laughs) Really, you truly are. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's pretty freaking cute. And it better be because I've freaking busted my ass all week to get it done. Um, and then watch Big Brother. Those are the only three oh, things I've right. done. You did watch Big Brother. Those are literally the only three. I things helped week. Ellen cut a bunch of crap out with her cricket, with my That's cricket. True, you did. That. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, also adorable is my bulletin board. <laughs> yes, it's pretty adorable, and you're welcome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, I mean like all the other teachers keep coming into my classroom and they're like. You are, like, too extra. Like, you need to calm down. And, like, your classroom looks like a Pinterest classroom. Everyone's going to hate you. I know. (laughs) But probably not for that reason. There's probably other reasons. (laughs) This is the kind of person that, like, I was so, like, I was looking at my bulletin board with some other people, and they were, like, they are like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't get over how amazing this is. And I'm, like... Yeah, that corner over there is kind of bugging me, though. And they're like, oh, my gosh, shut up. And I'm like, I know, I know it's ridiculous. So what did I do? I cut out more stuff for you. (laughs) I said, I know it's ridiculous. I'm just, that's just how my brain works is I can't look at something that I've made and not have beef with it. That's just how I, yeah, you're a little sick that way. Yeah, it's true. Um, But, yeah, I'm exhausted. (laughs) So know that going into this episode, not that I'm going to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, and you know, I said the only three things I've done are swimming big brother and setting up my classroom. And I need you to understand that, uh, swimming and big brother take up like mm, 10% of all that time. <laughs> not even that. Like, and then you did read a book 5% and then I read this book. So yeah. Um, busy, busy week. Um, also, we want to, a little birdie whispered to us that it's listener Kendra Anderson's birthday, so we wanted to give a big special, it's like today, on the day of release, it's her birthday, so we wanted to give a big birthday shout out to Kendra Anderson, she's a fellow Californian, now residing Mm. in New York, so we'll forgive her, but, you know, for leaving, but whatever. Um, and listen, everybody's leaving California (laughs) and her and her mom are both lovers of romance novels. Um, delightful. So happy birthday to Kendra. Hope it's a great one. Um, your birthday happens to fall on my first day of school. So I know that you'll be having a better day than me. (laughs) You might have an amazing day. I might have an amazing day and it'll just, I'll just be stressed. It'll just be a stressful day. You'll be fine. Just calm down. You're fine. Anyway, 
Um, happy birthday, Kendra. Um, happy birthday, Kendra. Yes. Um, okay. Today, we ready to talk about this book? I'm ready. Okay. Br- bring it. Today we are chatting about A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. Uh, this is the first book in her Las Leonas series. Um, this is our first Adriana Herrera book um, that we have covered on the show, and I believe it's the first that I have read by her. This is her first historical, from what I can tell. Um, not that we don't obviously read contemporaries, but um, but she's definitely an author that I've heard is amazing. And um, so I was happy to have the opportunity to finally read one of her books. Um, Here is the back cover description for A Caribbean Heiress in Paris. Great title, by the way. Yeah. Um, It rhymes. Yeah, I know. It's fun. (laughs) Um, Paris, 1889. The Exposition Universal is underway. Um, I speak French. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Your command of the language is amazing, Ellen. <laughs> the exposition Universal is underway, drawing merchants from every corner of the globe. Uh, Luce Alana Heath Benzon set sail from Santo Domingo armed with 300 casks of rum, her two best friends, and one simple rule. Under no circumstances is she to fall in love. I bet she does, too. <laughs> the City of Lights is where Luz Alana will expand Kanya Brava, the rum business her family built over three generations. It's a mission that's taken on new urgency after her father's untimely death and the news, the news that her trust fund won't be released until she marries. But buyers and shippers alike are rude and dismissive. They can't imagine doing business with a woman, never mind a woman of color. From her first tempestuous meeting with James Evanston Sinclair, Earl of Darnick, Luzalana is conflicted. Why is this man, this titled Scottish man, so determined to help her? It's because he's into her. What, and why, <laughs> honestly, is he so infuriatingly charming? All Evan Sinclair ever wanted was to find a purpose away from his father's dirty money and dirtier politics. Ignoring his title, he's built a whiskey brand that's his biggest and only passion. That is, until he's confronted with a Spanish-speaking force of nature who turns his life upside down. Evan quickly suspects he'll want Luzalana with him forever. Every day with her makes the Earl wish for more than her magnificent kisses or the marriage of convenience that might save them both. But Luzalana sailed for Paris with her eyes on liquor, money, and new beginnings. She wasn't prepared for love to find her. But it didn't found her. It found her. <laughs> Mom, what did you think of A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera? Um, I'm going to give it a really, 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 really liked borderline loved. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, so when I was saying that, to keep in mind that I've had a really busy week, I'm also a really, 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 really liked cusp of love. Perhaps... Had I read this on a different week, um, <laughs> under different circumstances, it would be a love. Because here's the thing. I respect the hell out of this book. I think her writing is really good. I think um, I loved reading a historical that's not about white people in England. Um, and that have different... Well, and just the, you know, the background of you know, where they came from and what was going on and... Because it's, it's, so it's still like, obviously we've read Victorian books before, um, which I think this, this should be around that time, right? It is. It's, it's, I like this time period. I like this time period though, where they like have indoor plumbing and, (laughs) (laughs) um, and travel quicker. And and Um, trains to, to travel with. Uh, but yeah, definitely a time period we've spent a lot of time in, but um, we spent some time in Paris. She's from the Dominican Republic. He's Scottish, which obviously we've dealt a lot with. Um, but it was just, it was refreshing yeah. to read a book with, even though it's from the same time period that we've read a lot of books, has a lot of different history than I personally had ever read before. Absolutely. 
Um, so I really appreciated that about it. Um, definitely think it's kind of a timing thing for me. I do think that this book has some definite first book itis going on. Especially the beginning of the book. Yeah. Like it took me a while to get into the, like the story of the book because there was just a lot of people they were introducing, a lot of stuff going on that I kind of had, it was kind of hard to kind of plod through a little bit. Correct. I will say though. But once I got into the story. Yes. I was good to go. Agreed. And also, um, all the people that were introduced, I am interested in their books. Yes. Especially. You can see Apollo, Apollo and Aurora, and Aurora are going to have a book. book. Um, there's obviously history there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's books that are being set up with characters that are being established that I am interested in. So it's like well done first book itis. It, I would just say that I agree that in the beginning it's like, whew, yeah, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> well, and it's just, and even just the setup for this story was, I mean, like all yeah. his background and all of her background, and even if it weren't the first book itis, it was still a little bit of a slog fest in the beginning. Yeah, but once I got into the story, I was good to go. There was a bit of exposition just to like understand like where their businesses were we're coming from and why they have the affinity for their businesses and passion for their businesses that they do have. Yes. And, um, and while I loved all the history that she obviously did like a ton of research on, um, I think sometimes it got a little bogged down in explaining some of that, but I did find it interesting. Agreed. But there you go. There's, there's that. Um, what did you think of Lutz, uh, Lusalana? How, how are you saying her name? Lusalana. Lusalana. Okay. What did you think of Lusalana as our, uh, heroine? Um, I liked her. She was feisty. She was, yeah. um, a woman of color mm -hmm. in a very white, a very colorless environment. Yeah. And a woman in a very man environment. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I don't want to say it was fun to read her yeah, her story because it was a little irritating and depressing at times, but it was fun to see how she handled a lot of it because yeah. she was very stoic and very. I mean, I loved the way. Ooh, when she went to the ball and just was like, yeah, putting everybody left that's, and right in their place. <laughs> literally, what I have written down. And when she's at the party at the end and she's just taking no prisoners <laughs> yeah. whatsoever, and, and Evan's just like, "Yeah, you go, girl." <laughs> He's like so turned on right now. Um, yeah, that was fun um, because, you know, and she's just like, is there, am I going to run into any other women that you slept, <laughs> slept with, with at here? this party? Do I have to, like, <laughs> confront all the women you've had sex with here? Yeah, so that was, that was fun. Um, yeah, I loved her and I, I found her story particularly, particularly interesting um, because, you know, that is where we get a lot of the more diverse history that I was referring to. Um and yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, <laughs> it was quasi depressing to, but also not unexpected to see the like racism and, uh, sexism, sexism that she was facing. And like that, there's that moment where, um, he like witnesses a, I think it was like a merchant of some sort, like, shoot her down at a party. Oh, the, when sh she, the shipping Yeah, guy. when she's trying to talk to him, and he just gets all pissed off and, like, grabs him by the ear, essentially, and just, like, drags him you over. You need to apologize. And just, and what, but when he's walking up to her, and she is kind of, like, facing a wall and just kind of, like, hunched a bit in defeat, and it just, like, kills him. But I really liked that moment for her character just because... It shows that, like, you know, she does get defeated. She has moments where... But I know that she would have just turned back around eventually, put her shoulders back, and gone back out there because that's the, like, character that she's established, you know, her as being. Definitely. Um, And so I really liked that about her, that she just kept fighting and was going to keep fighting despite all the bullshit that she had to face. Um, I did sometimes wish that, I think we've talked about this before, like with other like 
um, boss bitches in books, which, you know, I'm all for the boss bitches. Um, but especially at this time period, I'm like, girl, you got to take the help when it, when yeah. it comes to you. <laughs> like, um, cause she, you know, she kept trying to just like turn down when he was, um, trying to like give her a leg up. But um, she eventually came around and she's like, yeah, this guy's going to help me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. And she realized that marrying him was going to help her business wise because yeah. he had connections and. Yeah. But in the beginning, she's kind of like turning her nose about it. I'm like, honey, I am with you. Like, you should be able to do this on your own, but you are living in 1889, girl. Like, um, they're not cool with the... Yeah. Um, The glass ceiling's a lot lower back then. Yeah. (laughs) Or higher, I guess, depending on where it's... Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think the metaphor would put it higher. Higher. (laughs) More unattainable. You guys know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, she was really great. Um, I really liked her Las Leones and, um, just that contingent of... Her crew of friends. Yeah. With very distinct personalities and and each one's going to get their book. Obviously. Um, even like her precocious little sister was like just the right amount of precocious. Yes. Um... Not overdone. Well, uh-huh. first of all, we just didn't see her so much. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, so really liked all the the boss bitches in this book. Um, and I liked her, her whole... included. <laughs> her um, aria mantra, but in reverse of the things I have to protect. The things I have to protect are my sister, my rum, my recipes. <laughs> yeah. And then she had to add Evan at the end because yeah. obviously, obviously, but yeah, she's got her priorities and yeah. she knows what's going to make her that, you know, mad paper. <laughs> well, um, she also loved him, Ellen. It's not, not all about him. I'm saying like her recipes and her rum, like yes. that's, that's yes. her passion and you know, the, the crux of her business and her legacy. Yes, exactly. Um, what did you think of Evan as our hero? Um, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> we love a respectful feminist hero who's still a little possessive and alpha. Like and big, broad shouldered Scotsman. Yeah. In a kilt. Bearded. Nonetheless. Bearded. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. I mean he doesn't wear a kilt all the time, but he does at the end when they go to the ball. Yeah. And she's into it. And she's into it. And easy then, access. Yes, they had sex afterwards. Appreciated <laughs> the easy access. And it provides a little like privacy curtain. So go, when... girl. <laughs> um, uh, yes, he was. He was. Yes, he was nice. Um, and you know, I think especially with everything that's going on in this book, I think the most attractive thing about him is that he was just like, so like, you go girl. Like, yeah. Well, I, I also liked, <clears throat> they always have to seem to learn this as the book goes on, but she didn't need a savior. He needed to stand back and let her stand up for herself mm-hmm. and then just be there to beat the snot out of anybody who didn't let her yeah. do that. Who tries to murder her yeah. or whatever. Murderers are bad. <laughs> Like, please step in at that point. <laughs> when someone's told, holding a gun to me, could you please make him not do that? <laughs> that is when... That's when a savior is a little helpful. That's when the glass ceiling I don't really care about as much. Um, uh, no, I... Uh, yes, I appreciated that. And, you know, so I think... And, you know, we are romance readers. Um, we are about, like, feminism, yay, hoorah. Um, but we are still also pretty into like some of the, the manhandling and, um, but like in the, the sexy manhandling and the like kind of possessive jealous stuff, we still get into that. So like she finds a really good balance of all of that here. Um, that is still believable. A man, a man that, you know, lets her stand up for herself, but then in the bedroom he's like, this is mine. Yeah. So like, it's a nice balance between those two things. Yeah. 
Yes, correct. Um, so, yeah, and I also appreciated, like, his own passion for his family, and, like, and I liked that, that I think that was also another big turn-on for her, is, you know, because her whole business back home is um, formed around this idea of everybody gets a piece of the pie, and it's not just, mm, slave trade. Um, yeah. And that a thing that she's attracted about him is that he's very respectful and kind to, like, his family and all of his workers. Well, when she and... gets all mushy because he's sitting there holding that baby and that's like, oh, yeah. no. the baby's asleep on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when, like, you Go know, for that guy. his housekeeper is, like, talking him up and all that yeah. stuff. And um, <clears throat> so that's all nice. Um, okay, so this book, The Research. What bits of history did you find the most interesting in this book? There's quite a few, like, little nuggets that are put in here. Well, the whole thing of, um, like, the uh, <clears throat> expo of some sort that they were having in Paris and mm -hmm. the Eiffel Tower and going up in the Eiffel Tower, in a, mm -hmm. which would be scarier and crap, in 1880s <laughs> so, or whatever it was, so, to go up on the Rickety-ass elevators. <laughs> Up the Eiffel Tower. What'd you say? It took 20 minutes to get up or something? Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, there's it's no like You may as well way. just walked up the stairs at that point. <laughs> well, um, I mean, that's a, that takes some bravery. Yeah. Um, so there's that. There's, um, you know, all of her history at, in Hispaniola. And, um, you know, the tropics. The beginnings of the bra. Yes. <laughs> The papaya contraception. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Yeah. I don't know that I'd trust it. I looked into it a little bit, and I guess it's like um, a thing like that in the Caribbean. They say, "Oh, don't drink, don't eat too much papaya because it." I guess like it can start to like affect have an effect on count. your like sperm count and things like that. Um, I don't but know but if I hooked her up with a cervical thing, right? Yeah, they were, they were, there was some, you know, I appreciate, we, you know, we talked about, we, we always appreciate the contraception talk. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how much I trust 1889 contraception, but they were doing the best they could with what they got. With what they got. Yeah. And, um, and they were, apparently gonna, that was papaya. They were going to eat papaya. <laughs> Take some papaya. That works. It's plan B. <laughs> Um, it's 1889 Plan B. I um, would, uh, yeah, they were, and then they were, and they ended up that they were going to be married forever anyway, so. I do, oh, sorry, guys. Um, I do appreciate, though, that they both kind of, like, say that they're not sure that they want to have kids at, early on, and then, like, I appreciated that. But they it, both also said they didn't want to get married. I know, but... Or be married forever or whatever. No, but I, what I'm saying... Things change. Okay, but... Uh, I don't... You're I don't, totally I, taking away from the argument that I'm going to make, which is the same thing that happened the last time that we had this conversation. I don't really care You're what just you have like, to say. believe everybody has to want kids all the time. <laughs> no, that's yes. not true. In fact, I, tr I totally believe if you don't want kids, don't have kids because... Well, so what I was Kids are say super annoying. Before you... <laughs> What I was going to say before you started undercutting my argument was that I appreciated that they both originally said that they don't want to have kids, They're that she's perfectly happy just raising her sister, and that's all she needs. And then there's not further conversation, there's not like some grand, once they fall in love and decide that they want to be married forever, that there's not like, and of course we'll have children. I kind of liked that. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I liked the, um, and there wasn't an epilogue where she was pregnant and yeah. yeah and they both like even at the end were just like um you know let's just we do, have clarita just have a lot of and sex. um our businesses and we're good you know and so i i appreciated that um i will say also history that i found interesting slash depressing slash unexpected or slash expected was the racial and gender prejudices no, that they face. Absolutely. Which, you know, I totally knew that that was, but it, it's, um, it's different than like 
I, I haven't read about a um, Caribbean or um, Latina or any, you know, any of that representation in this setting. So it was refreshing to read, even though I totally knew to expect that she would face all that crap. It was still interesting to see that different perspective of it. I do wholeheartedly believe with, I think it was Evan when he's yelling at his dad, I do wholeheartedly believe that these white British guys went oh to the gosh. colonies and just spread their seed everywhere no, willy-nilly. You totally know that. Exactly <laughs> how that went down. Just spraying their seed all over the place. And there's there was probably just all kinds of babies that they left. No, I think that's what 23andMe is teaching us all over the place right now. <laughs> yeah. Is like, there's just DNA wait, everywhere. What have, I, what have I got going on? How did I get, you know, Native American in there? Yeah. It's like, I'll tell you how that happened because <laughs> I've got some of that going on. It's, you know, not a pleasant thing to think about, but... Somebody. Yeah. Somebody somewhere got a little too fresh. Yes. Um, but especially those colonists, those yes. guys who had colonies all over the place, who thought that they just could run the world and do whatever they wanted and... Here we are. Imperialist and bastards. Here we are. <laughs> no, I mean, that's basically what our country started on, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, no, but I I did really enjoy, I mean, like, you can you can see and feel the, like, breadth of re research that was put into this book. And um, I think it's definitely the better for it. I think it made it a much, like richer experience and um yeah i think it really added it added to the book a lot for me so i agree i appreciated that um okay now to flip things a little bit i think one of the things where i come down on this book is the communication and i could tell that we were on the same page because we were both highlighting, highlighting the same stuff. <laughs> um they were driving me a little crazy crazy at certain points. I mean, here's the thing. These two basically are admitting to themselves in their POV from jump almost that they're in love with the other that person. They're very, very much I mean, and if they're the not others. straight up saying they're in love, it's always like, um, I, I can't live without her, but wait, that would mean dot, dot, dot. And it's like, yeah, you know exactly what that would mean. Um, and so, I mean, like, so they're admitting to themselves that they're in love with the other person, but it takes them a long time to, like, admit it to each to other. To anything to each other. And to admit Even her friends they, are like, you know, you're grown-ass adults, just talk about it. Yeah. Which, you know, we've talked about this before, but it is always nice when the author shows, like, a recognition that they're being ridiculous. I do appreciate that. Um... The moment that, like, I was just the most, like, oh, my gosh, come on, was she goes to her friends and she's saying, like, mm. um, he's hiding something from me. I, you know, something's going. I think going, he's having an affair. Something's going okay. on. I don't know what it is. And, you know, her friend's like, we'll just talk to him about it. And then he comes barging in and is like, I need to talk to you about something really important. Can we speak privately? And she's like. No. I mean, this all happens within, like, a page, And you guys. this was very irritating to me because <laughs> yeah. he was really going out on a limb because he promised Apollo that he yeah. wouldn't say anything to anyone. Yeah. And so he was, and he went to Apollo and said, I'm going to tell my wife. And, yeah. And she said, and he said, okay, tell your wife. And then he goes in there to tell her and she won't get her friends out of the room. Yeah. And so he's, like, breaking this promise to another person and that's not very fair. Yeah. And, um... And then they, like, and so, you know, she's like, no, anything you say to me, you can say, it. like, I'm just going to tell them immediately anyway. And I'm like, well, that's not a great look, hun. Yeah. Like, don't just tell him that, don't tell your husband that anything he tells you, you're going to immediately tell to your friends. Like, that's not great, even He's if it's married true. to all of you. Yeah. And um, so then, like, they proceed to have this, like, very private conversation about, like, private things. And, and like... In the convert in the book, when I was reading it, I, because it goes on for a while, and they're talking about really important private things, and and I have to keep reminding myself, I'm like, wait, her friends 
are still sitting in there. Like, have they left yet, or are they still sitting yeah. in there? And they well, were and they tried in. to leave when I he know. came in, and she's like, "No, you guys stay. No, you guys stay." And I was like, Ugh. "But then, while he's talking to her, she's thinking, oh, I wish I'd had those two leave.' It's, and like, it's like, so tell them to so leave. tell them to leave." <laughs> They wanted to leave. I mean, anyway. he tried to get you to. Li- I mean, it's not like he was pulling his punches. Yeah. So yeah. that obviously pissed us off. Um, but I mean, that's like one moment on. But that is the most egregious. So like, there was throughout the book, I was just like, okay, you guys, just come on. Like, well, and she overreacted a couple times to the whole thing. Like when she gave him the ring back when they were talking about Charlotte. Yeah. Well, he she found out that there was going to be a ball that she and he hadn't mentioned yeah. it to her. Yeah. And that and she also found out that his ex girlfriend had left him to marry his, his father, father, which is a little weird. Yeah. But um, and she just got super upset, gave him back the ring, and walked out, and then didn't talk to him for like three days. I mean, they have this whole thing about like you know we're gonna start being honest with each other. Etc. But the thing is, is like they'd known each other two days. Yeah, that's that's where I kept coming down on it as well. Is it's like it's okay. not a secret. We just hadn't gotten around to talking about it yet. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And it's like, I mean, if I were to start dating someone, and they were like, "Tell me all your secrets." I'd be like, mm, "Okay." I mean, here's this one and this one and this one. And then, like, something else come out. I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. Like, I I have a shit memory. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Well, not only that, but this was all stuff. Like, he didn't want her to go to the ball because that's where they were going to take down his father. And he didn't want her to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And so he hadn't really mentioned it to her. Or not even not be a part of it, but he just didn't want to get her, like, embroiled in all of it. Well, and he didn't want her to get hurt. Yeah. Because he wasn't sure how his father was going to react. Yeah. And, um... So, I mean, I got all that, and he probably would have gotten around to explaining all that to her, mm-hmm. but they had literally known each other two or three days, yeah. and it was just, I didn't feel like it was a warranted reaction, but they, she did come around, and, it, and you know, it yeah. was fine, but she, like, spent, I guess it wasn't four days, it was, like, overnight that she wouldn't talk to him, and yeah. anyway, that, that was irritating, too. Um, so we've kind of touched on this, but, um, let's talk about their first conflict with each, well, their conflict with each other in his hesitancy to tell her about Apollo. Now, here's what I'll say. While the communication pissed me off here, I did appreciate the speed with which they moved past it. Yes. You're talking about when, when he came and told her about Apollo and... Yeah, and Apollo she, is his brother, who no like no long, one knew existed. Yeah, and he's um, half black, right? Is that the yes? That's and what um, I got from that. And because uh, it's not always explained what everyone's race is. So well, you, it's kind of explained what their nationality is, and I guess well, like um, Aurora is explained as being black, but she's from Venezuela, so. I think, you know, so there's a, a mixture there of, yeah. of, you know, race and, and culture. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so he, he, he finds this brother who his dad had abandoned, abandoned after like, his mother died at childbirth. And so he just took her money, money and, and was like, peace out, peace out and left the baby there for someone else to raise. And so... So, father of the year, basically. Yeah. Is. He's a super great dad. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, Apollo and Evan decide to get together and take him down. Because his dad is also, like, dangling the distillery over Evan's head. And Evan's tired of it. And mm-hmm. so, they get together. So, and, they both have reasons to hate the father. Well, for many reasons. And he yeah. had his mom put in an asylum. And yeah. <clears throat> he was a terrible person. And, um, so he, but he hasn't mentioned Apollo to anybody because Apollo asked him and made him promise not to say anything about him because he wanted his entrance into his dad's life to be a complete surprise. He didn't Mm -hmm. want there to be a chance. They wanted to have like the, the, uh, element of surprise, I guess, and have the, the upper hand on him. And, um, 
And so finally he went to Apollo and said, I've got to tell my wife. I've, I promised her I wouldn't keep secrets, so i got to tell my wife. Mm-hmm. So that's when that all transpires. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> I can't remember what I was telling Well, their, their conflict here being oh. that she gets kind of angry that he has kept it from her. But I think she also kind of more so gets angry that well he lied to her and she well and that it's like it's gonna have an effect on her standing in society a bit like which i don't really think she cares about but she cares about its effect on her business like if it was just yeah so she's like what you guys are doing is going to affect me as well yeah and so well and plus she's just part of the family now so yeah um but in fairness, I feel like his sisters have way more cause to be pissed off at him for keeping it. And, from and them. they weren't at all. Not that we saw. Saw. I mean, Apollo about. went, I guess, and charmed them. And yeah, um, which would be crazy. It seems yeah. like Evan would go with him to say, "Look, here's this is uh, this is our brother." <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Um, but yeah, so like she she gets mad, um, and I don't. I didn't fully, like, have a problem with her getting mad. Obviously, like I said, I had a problem with her execution on the communication of it. Um, And I do wish that she had made it... I mean, like, I guess she says, like, I don't care about your title. Like, I don't care about the loss of that. But you do... I just wish she'd, like, more clearly stated, like... I don't care for me. I care for my business, which I've made clear to you is like of the utmost importance to me. And, um, you know, we made this entire deal. This entire marriage is based on me trying to support my business. And now you're telling me that there's this huge thing that could like derail all of that. So like, what was this all for? If you're just gonna like completely throw... Yeah, keep me in the loop. It's all I'm yeah. asking. Yeah. Um, but in fairness, she moves past this pretty quickly and, you know, basically tells him, like, I want to help you. I want to, like, take this bastard down and I want to be there to watch it. Yeah. I want to be at the ball because I want to see it happen. Yeah. Um, also, she apparently needs to tell off all the his former yeah, lovers. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um... Okay, so, and then let's talk about the external conflict, which is the father, originally. <laughs> um, but then it turns out to not be the father. Which I kind of saw coming. I because, saw that coming, too. Um, because that whole thing, like, went away fairly quickly, and I was like, oh, okay. And then... Well, they kind of just glossed over it, so much of it. Yeah. Um, so, especially then, when things started burning down, I'm like... Bet it's not dad. Not dad. Bet it's yeah. So spoiler alert. Yeah. Like all their warehouses start burning up and and bad things start happening and they think it's his father coming, but it wasn't. It was this solicitor. No, it's not the solicitor. He's He's like the guy who inherited her trust, charge of her trust, and um, he'd gotten the trust, and she could only have her trust when she was married, and so this guy. And then, so she got married, which is one of the reasons she married him. Yeah. And um, so she got her trust, but they really had to finagle it out of this guy. And he was pretty much a low life. Mm-hmm. And so then he comes back and starts Which we've vengeance. already established, you know, don't threaten her with bodily harm because... Because Evan will eat Ev- you for lunch. Yeah, he's not going to stand for that. Um, but... Um, so yeah, I, I, I liked, I liked having the external conflict mainly because it did allow for us to move past the conflict between them fairly quickly and get to the external conflict. Um, I always like having a mix of the two because then it makes neither feel overdone. Correct. Um, so yeah, so I was good with all that. Um, Let's talk about sex, baby. Mm, This one was a little... It got a lot spicier than I was originally expecting it to be. 
Um, but then, like, after the first encounter, I was like, oh, this one's going to be spicy. Because they're already doing this. <laughs> and then they did more. And then they, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a kilt. Yeah. Um, and they they uh, did it a few times. Yeah, they did. Especially towards the end, it was... Especially towards the end, it was, uh, like, one in each chapter. And I was like, oh, okay. Get yeah. The sex scene. <laughs> I know. Yeah. When we're trying to hurry and finish the book, it's like, okay, all right, okay, uh, he did that, she did that, got it. It was not the best weekend for um, <laughs> for a lot of sex scenes, because I was just like, okay, I get it. His tongue is there, uh, her finger's there. there. Or her mouth is there. Yeah. <laughs> and they are against that. Okay, okay got it. move it. And they're both into it. <laughs> yes, they did both enjoy key. it. Key, important. Um, but yeah, it was... It was it was spicy, yeah. To be sure. Um, what was your swooniest moment? I knew you were going to ask this question. <laughs> yeah, you think you would know by now. Um, I, there was actually a lot of, of of good moments. I think. I don't know. I hate to rely on the grand gesture, grand gesture, so to speak. But when he's trying when he's trying to get to her when he just knows something's wrong and he's trying to get to her and he's just in a panic mode it's just like mm-hmm. go evan go and um yeah then he gets there and he gets to save the day yeah um i think i'm going to say that mine is when she does like throw the ring back at him and like <laughs> basically his fixation just like in that whole argument of like to get that ring back on her finger. <laughs> and um, and he's carrying it around in his pocket. And when, and... like, they, he kind of apologizes to her and is and just like, can you put this back on, please? <laughs> I just really liked that because it's just like... Well, and her whole thinking was she thought that it was a ring that maybe he'd given to Charlotte before. And, yeah. And, but yeah. really, like, it held a lot of, like... It was his mother's Emotional ring. connection for him, and it was really important to him... You know, because even if he wasn't admitting it to her yet, like, he was starting to admit to himself that he was in love with her. And so it's like, I really like seeing this ring on her finger for some <laughs> reason. It's like, let me explain to you why, Evan. Because um, you won't say it. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'll go with as my sweetest moment. Um, okay, before we hear from um, some of you on what you thought, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we will read your uh, comments, thoughts, feelings, all that. Whatever, whatever you whatever you put out, sent, out sent us. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Jackie Lau's The Unmatchmakers. From the author of Don't It Fall in Love comes a perfect summer love story set in the forested paradise of Canadian cottage country that asks the question, can love beat the odds when the odds are two mothers dead set against it? This is perfect for fans of Helen Huang's The Bride Test and The Donut Trap by Julie Tu. The Unmatchmakers is a forced proximity friends to lovers romantic comedy that explores finding the balance of meeting expectations and being true to yourself and how even the best of intentions can sometimes backfire. So here's the synopsis for the book. You'd think my mother would be trying to set me up with architect Neil Choi, the unmarried son of her best friend, but you'd be wrong. My single mother has always been fiercely independent. Since I was a small child, she's always told me not to believe in fairy tales and that I don't need a man. So she's failed to mention that Neil is a total hottie in glasses. When I see him for the first time in a decade on a multi-family cottage vacation, I'm in for quite a shock. In fact, I nearly fall in the lake, but let's keep that a secret. He sure can grill a mean steak and mix a killer cocktail. Plus, he's pretty impressive in a kayak. Yes, he's a little stern and grumpy, but that just makes him more fun to tease and makes it more satisfying when he quirks his lips in my direction. Even though my mind is spinning romantic fantasies, I'm not entirely sure how he feels, and I'm afraid that if anything happens between us, it'll screw up the friendship between our staunchly 
anti-relationship mothers, especially since they've been acting increasingly weird since we arrived. I will never forgive them for the s'mores incident. In fact, I think they're trying to sabotage my love life, and I'm starting to worry that I won't make it through this bizarre summer vacation. Jackie Lau is a biracial Asian-Canadian author who specializes in contemporary romantic comedies set in Toronto slash Ontario. The main characters of her books are usually of Asian heritage and often include interracial couples. We happen to be featuring her book, A Match Made for Thanksgiving, in our upcoming fall lineup. The Unmatchmakers is available as an ebook and audiobook through Kobo and across global storefronts. For Canadian reader readers, the title is available under Kobo Plus, which is their all you can read ebook subscription. If you're interested in checking out the Unmatchmakers, more from Jackie Lau or more from Kobo, we've included a link in the show notes that you can click and find out more information. So we hope you check that out and let us know what you think. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. <laughs> the break is when we do the news and mail. Mom. It's been too long, Alan. It's been so long. Well, it's been, I shouldn't say it's been too long. It's been not long enough. Not true. I've missed it. Um, but we do have some news because this week we came out with our fall reading list. Better late than never, you guys. <laughs> Alan's been busy. I've been busy. We were lucky that I got done at all. Okay, um, so here's what we have on deck. I'm sure a lot of you have already seen the uh, thing I put together, but here we go. On September 5th, we'll be taking a break week. Much needed yeah. break week. <laughs> um, so... Thank you for being patient with us on that. That's uh, Labor Day weekend for our fellow U.S. laborers. Um, <laughs> I, on... guess, I guess that doesn't include me, <laughs> but I still get the holiday. <laughs> Every day is a holiday for you. Yeah, it is. On September 12th, we will be reading Transcendence by Shay Savage, which Cassie previously said that, that when she was on the show, she said that that was what she would like us to Read, and I totally get it, because I think I have read this one, and I think it will make for a very interesting conversation. It's a caveman book, right? Correct. She time travels oh, okay. and gets, like, stuck back with this caveman, and they, like, can't talk to each other, because, you know, he doesn't speak English. I don't know if you knew this, but English didn't they exist. They didn't? <laughs> it's not like the Flintstones. <laughs> What? <laughs> they don't have dinosaur garbage disposals? I mean, maybe there's a yabba dabba do in there somewhere. But, um, so that's on September 12th. On September 19th, we'll be reading My Darling Duke by Stacy Reed. On September 26th, um, we'll be reading Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. Um, on October 3rd, we have Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake which will be our first female-female uh, uh, book. Uh, October 10th, we have The Wisteria Society of Ladies Scoundrels by India Holt. On October 17th, we have, I know for me, much anticipated, um, Husband Material by Alexis yeah. Hall. And we will be joined by listener Jennifer for that episode. Um October 24th, we have Thank You for Listening by Julia Whelan, who is a prolific romance audiobook narrator who now has is starting to write her own romance books, so that should be interesting. Um, for our Halloween episode, October 31st, we have The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. Um, on November 7th, we have Angelica Frankenstein Makes Her Match by Sally Thorne. Um, you know, we've done basically every Sally Thorne, but I just couldn't not. Well, and she doesn't put one out every, like, six months or anything. Yeah, so. it's true. Uh, November 14th, we have Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson, which Mom and I, you know that we love our murder shows. We love our murder shows. And so romance and murder shows is... Straight up our alley. Um, and then November 21st, we have A Match Made for Thanksgiving by Jackie Lau. 
And then on November 28th, we have our fall free for all. Um, so there it is. That's our lineup for the next three months. And next week is our free for all for this time, right? Correct. Um, so for the free for all usual instructions, record yourself doing a book report. Um, how long are we saying? Like three minutes, three to five minutes somewhere thereabouts um and you can email those into me at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com and you guys make those episodes so we love to hear what you guys have been reading i could care let you know and honestly get them in because it's possible i might not get a book read this week i'm just gonna put that out there what i'm just saying you we'll lazy s- piece of crap <laughs> we'll see how this week goes <laughs> um but we want to hear from you guys so make sure you get in those book reports um and that should do it for the news for this special we haven't done news in a long time we haven't so um we're excited to read fall books with you and we'll see you for all those back to the show Welcome back. Uh, so, we are now, you've heard what we think about a Caribbean heiress in Paris. Let's now hear from you guys. First, Jennifer weighed in. She said, more thoughts later, but can we get a huge round of applause for this gorgeous book cover? Yes. It is a really pretty book cover. Um, loved it. Different look to it, but gorgeous. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, darling. Um, Maida says, I really liked this book. I loved the different cultures slash languages represented and the hashtag boss lady vibes. I like that historicals set in the late 1800s usually show more of women's autonomy. And this one was well researched too. The middle bogged down a bit when they were in their heads too much, but overall a good read. Agree. Agree. Cassie says, this was, for me, the perfect balance of history and romance. The characters were so interesting and easy to root for. The story of the Leonas making their own way in a world dominated by white men was compelling, and the romance was sweet and spicy. Spicier than I was expecting, but I'm not complaining. It did take a little while for the book to pull me in, as it felt kind of bogged down by all the character introductions at the beginning. But once it took off, I loved it, and I was hooked. Agreed. Agree. With those thoughts. Um, like-minded Lori. Let's see how she does. Let's see. I keep waiting for Lori to, you know, to slip up, but she has a name for a reason. Adriana Herrera never ceases to amaze me. Everything I've read by her has been thoroughly enjoyable. This is the first time I've read a historical by her. I think maybe it's the first historical she's written. And she really delivered a well-researched, historically accurate romance with engaging, diverse characters who felt completely true to the time. Anywho, I will always seek out Herrera's books for the following reasons. One, she always finds a way to weave in social issues in a way that feels fully authentic to the characters and the story, and this book was no exception. I always learn from her, her characters, and their stories. Two, she seems to have a knack for creating compelling worlds full of characters who deserve to be the stars of their own stories. Yes, to all the Leonis. The same is true for her Dreamer series, and I'm eagerly anticipating the next book from her Dating in Dallas series. Three, she writes really good steamy bits. (laughs) Also worth mentioning, I read this book with my ears instead of my eyes, and the narrator, Ninka Oikoi, Uh, was fantastic. It seemed to me that she captured English, Spanish, and a male Scottish brogue all beautifully. Yeah, that would be... This would be a tough one to marry. Um, Lori, I think you can maintain your title. I I don't have the Adriana Herrera background that you do, so I can't weigh in on all of those comments. Um, But I totally agree that really good way like, weaving in of the social issues, especially with, like, the history of this book. Um, so, you still got it, Lori. (laughs) Haven't Uh, been dethroned yet. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other people that we, like, generally always agree with. I've just now, I pay attention to Lori because she's, she just developed this reputation early on, you know? She did. 
Um, Jennifer says, loved this book. Like everyone else, I was impressed by the depth of historical research and loved the cast of characters from diverse backgrounds. I adored Luz Alana. Is Apollo and Aurora's book next? I hope so. I heard that it's, that they're third. But I don't, like, would Menu be second? I can't tell who else would be next. And if she's going to end up with that duchess or... Or even his sister. Yeah. Who would she end up with? I don't know, but I bet she gets a book at some point. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jennifer continued, I also loved all the sexy steaminess and the descriptions of the gorgeous gowns, too. Yeah. Yeah. They did sound like... And they sounded like more gorgeous than... Gorgeous. A lot of the other, like dresses that are usually described in these books favorite swoony moment was the picnic on the beach oh yeah that was good that was um good. my favorite quote is this what it's like to be a man constantly out of breath from being allowed to speak your mind without being interrupted <laughs> <laughs> and while there was a lot of miscommunication or rather withholding of information it was believable to me that evan was trying to protect her while keeping his word to his brother lastly did anyone else Google papaya seeds birth control? <laughs> yes. Ellen did. I did. Um, Sarah says, I loved this book. I'm a sucker of, for marriage of convenience. I'm especially a sucker for marriage of convenience in historicals. Just because it's like slightly more believable. Yeah. I don't think it would happen as much nowadays. It happens in uh, Knitting in the Series City. Knit, yeah. And I was all over that book. Yeah, that's true. Um, Sarah said, oh, so she's, st she's still gone. Um, cause I, I started her and didn't finish her. Uh, she's a sucker for marriage of convenience. Luz Alana is confident and doesn't suffer nonsense. Evan was in awe of her in the best way possible. He is strong on the outside, but total mush for her on the inside. I can't believe we haven't seen a romance set at the world exposition before. Eiffel Tower sexy times shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. If this book piqued your interest in the history of women in the booze biz, I suggest reading Girly Drinks, A World History of Women and Alcohol by Mallory O'Meara. <laughs> there you go. Interesting. Yeah, it is. It, especially when she was talking in the book about, like, um, women merchants and how, like, it is like well, the history of women with alcohol, you know, making alcohol. Yeah, I mean, almost all the alcohol started with women making it. Yeah, and also just like, <laughs> I find it hilarious that um, she's like a revolutionary for thinking about trying to sell to women. <laughs> it's like you realize that that's fifty percent of the world, right? <laughs> um, it's like it seems like you guys would have caught on that this is a viable yeah. uh, audience here. Anyway, just kind of funny. Uh, Gail says, this book was a like for me. It was my first book by Adriana Herrera, and I kind of hope she writes more in this historical setting. I loved that the book was both historical and multicultural. The young woman who defies society's convention is my least favorite historical trope. I'd say that's why this book wasn't a love. Even though the marriage required for inheritance trope feels a bit overdone, I liked it in this book. Overall, this book seemed more sexy than swoony, but I did love how open and I, how open Evan and Luz were with each other and willing to be vulnerable usually. I'd love to see more historical fiction like this book, so I'm really hoping Apollo gets his own book someday. I, I have to imagine that's in the works. I have to believe it. Um, finally, Raquel says, I'm five chapters away from finishing this book, but so far it's a really, really like for me. A few things bug me, but it's more a matter of very personal preferences. Overall, I think the writing is beautiful. I'm no history expert, but I appreciate how Adriana Herrera has incorporated Latina characters and historical and cultural references in a way that seems believable. I also appreciate the non-name-dropping of Latinx poets and composers. I think it speaks highly of the author's attention to detail. This is the first full-length book I've read from Adriana Herrera other than a novella in the Duke I'd Like to F anthology. But I can see myself reading the rest of the Leonis books. Um, same, to be honest. I'm like I said, I I sh think she did a really good job of setting up like the characters in a way that made you want to, you know, yeah, see their stories. So, mom, final thoughts from you? Um, no, like I said, I 
couple little things kept it from being a love love, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Same. couple little things for me as well, and also just life things. But, um, like I said, I respect the hell out of the book, and I definitely do want to see more of this kind of representation in the historical... I mean, I, here's the thing. I think that these books are being written in the historical space. They're just not being as, like, promoted as, you know, and I think because Adriana Herrera has, like, an established name in the romance community, like, sh this book is getting more attention, and I think that we need to find ways to, like, put the spotlight on more of these kinds of books, especially for the historical space. Um, so, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On August 29th, we'll be having our summer free-for-all. Don't forget to get your book reports in. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.